With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm here to stand up for wrestling. I am here to give the fans a voice. If you're not watching the promotion right now, you're missing out on something. I think that uh, could possibly shape the future of wrestling, and I mean this wholeheartedly for the next five to ten years. Nobody can touch me. Nobody is better than Adam Cole. This company is still existing, yet they have to do this at the 11th hour to make sure that they run these stadiums. I thought TNA was going to be different, and I guess not. This is truly the Kevin Owens Show. Pentagon Jr. is the wind beneath my wing. The only thing that we get at 10 for sure, maybe at 11, is Ken Shamrock showing up. Well, let's get one thing clear. Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. And um, I, I believe that uh, my future is already laid out for the next month. I'm doing SummerSlam against Randy Orton. And uh, once that's once the dust settles there, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Um, I've been out of this game for five years, people, and for me to step back into the cage uh, really short notice and put a camp together, and I couldn't have done it without all the people that supported me. And I stuck to the plan. I took some good shots. I took him down. It was a wrestler versus the power hitter. He never knocked the f- out of me, and here I am. So, I mean, what? <laughs> I'm happy. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the back. And your hosts, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. Hello and welcome to Wrestling the Max episode 203 part 1 and we are brought to you by the WTM Network and in partnership with 4Mania.com and LastWord on Sports.com and Gary we're down a man today. Yes we are and that's a bummer. It really is because uh, you know Paul Leeser is one of our cohorts in crime here. Uh, We do every episode together. It's a connection that works every time. 
without that missing piece, we are not complete, and it sucks. But you know what? We've got to give the man a break, Sean. He needs some time. He needs a vacation. So that's what we're doing here, as if we allowed it or anything. Uh, but he took it. Uh, so <laughs> we're glad that he is relaxing. He is enjoying himself. Uh, you guys probably heard us have a little talk last week about that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is a, a bummer uh, because, you know, Paul adds so much to this show. And so me and Sean are going to do our very best to give you guys all the information you need and entertain you as well. Uh, and so here we are, guys. We are going to basically talk Money Not Raw like we always do. We're going to get into everything about Raw, uh, some of the breaking news that came out of Raw, some big stuff, as in commissioners for both Raw and SmackDown. Plus, we're going to talk about a certain superstar who is contending for the IC title now after a battle royal. So we've got a lot of stuff on Raw, plus some other things we didn't talk about, kind of like this Wyatt family version of Final Destination in a way. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, then again, we you know we also have some other stuff to talk about. We also have lots of quick hits to get into. You know, not diversity, but in a lot of different things. Like we're going to talk about the UFC uh, 200 win for Brock Lesnar. We're going to get into that and some other stuff about UFC, like them you know getting sold. Uh, and, of course, how that's going to affect the value for WWE. Plus, we're going to talk TNA and the possibilities of still of them getting sold. So we've got a lot of quick hits that are very, very interesting. And I can't wait to get into those. Plus, we're covering Ring of Honor today. They had a new show. And, you know, we can't forget we are going to do our predictions for the Cruiserweight Classic tonight. So... That's an awesome thing. Now, we are hoping we can get Paul on. We are going to try to connect with him as this show goes on. Once again, he's on vacation. So if he decides, you know, hey, I'm sorry, guys, I'm busy, or maybe he's already asleep, I don't know. Uh, But we're going to try to contact him during the show, so no worries. We're hoping we have him on. Hopefully that's a good thing uh, because it would be awesome to have him on for that part of the show. But besides that, guys, that's it. That's what we're going to cover today. Sean, I mean, I I know your week's been crazy. Uh, I personally have had you know a lot going on this weekend just because you know the weekends get filled up with all the different things you got to take care of when it comes to being at home uh so then a lot of that kind of stuff you know got to watch my daughter solo today uh, my wife actually had a deal for her personal uh business that she does so i was you know at home with a kid all day and it was kind of interesting uh just to try to entertain her Whereas I usually have help. It, it's kind of a different situation. I kind of feel your pain now, Sean. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a rough thing. Um, I I did maybe get some good news that uh, my grandma might be able to be around more. So I just changed my schedule. Um, yeah, I think the last time I worked um, so that I could be around for the uh, when we do the SmackDown live shows. And now if my grandma's around, I can go back to my old schedule of having a bunch of morning shifts and still do the things we do at night and whatnot, and then work at night when we don't do shows. Uh, so this is uh, <laughs> this is kind of funny to have to constantly change the schedule around because I've changed it about three times since uh, and I has gone on summer vacation, so, and they're kind of getting tired of me doing it. Oh, I bet. I bet they're like, dude, just stick with one. Come on. I get it. You know, well, plus yeah. it like it doesn't go into effect immediately. It's you have to at least wait a week. Mm. So then I have to figure stuff out for that week, and it's annoying. So yeah, yeah, it's the way things work. You know, you you got to find that right balance, and 
you know, I, I am very blessed. You know, I'm able to do this show uh, because my wife does, you know, take care of my daughter while the show goes on. And, of course, when I need to watch pay-per-views, when I got to get some of our shows in during the week, she, you know, helps me out with that. You know, otherwise we would be, you know, in a different situation. Uh, so I'm glad. I, I'm thinking that, that this is a, a good thing for you. You know, you're going to have some more help. I'm excited for you. And, you know, I want to see how, you know, uh, your schedule progresses from here. Uh, and hopefully, you know, uh, our schedule progressed better for this, you know, this week, even though we don't have Paul. Uh, we are hopefully, you know, uh, next week going to do a lot of cool stuff. I want to announce this before we move on to talk Monday Night Raw, though. Uh, at this point, as we sit here now, now, Check back with us on Thursday night or, of course, on demand on Friday and find out what our final decision is. But right now, as it sits, we've been talking and we are thinking about doing a special show, maybe 30 minutes to 45 minutes for a basically a draft that we're going to do. We're going to do a mock draft for this show for Raw and SmackDown. And we want to kind of give our predictions, kind of give a draft from our point of view, what we think would best benefit the WWE overall. We're going to try to do that on Sunday night. That way you guys will have two complete days to listen to that show before we actually get on and do two episodes back to back. Because don't forget not only are we going to do Monday Night Raw, but when SmackDown goes live for the first July 19th episode, we are doing a show that night as well. Uh, so you need to know that we'll probably do three straight days of shows. One will be short on Sunday, and the other will just be the regular shows we usually do, kind of. Uh, and, of course, we'll have a third, uh, Thursday show that week, too. Man, Sean, we're doing basically four episodes in a week. Wow. Yeah, so it's... Uh... <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then three back. That was basically what we're gonna have when we do the pay per view, the pay per view weeks once the brand split starts, where we do three in a row. Um, yeah, so that first, that first SmackDown that has the draft, we're not gonna do. It'll be the three of us. It'll be a normal show because that one's special because we'll do a, a little fun draft review uh, as well. It won't just be. Uh, and it looks like we are going to have a third person tonight because oh. uh, our our buddy Chris Lynch is calling in. So ah, you know it always it's amazing to have the fourth co-host show up the night we need him to show up. <laughs> What's up, Chris? Man, how's it going, buddy? That's going pretty well. I heard you guys need the. Uh, I heard you guys put the Chris signal, so I tagged myself in. It's, uh... Oh, that is awesome. You you don't know how happy I am to have you on this show tonight, man. It is great, you know. Uh, I could so. be back on. Happy belated birthday to you, bud. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I, you know, it was pretty crazy. Uh, you know, just getting older scares me, but that's okay. I, I, I looked in the mirror uh, just this past Sunday, and I looked at my, my uh, beard, you know, how the the jaw of my beard is kind of getting white like Bill Goldberg. Getting scared about that, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I hopefully I'm a better person than he is. Uh, but anyway, we are going to get on with this stuff. Are you ready to talk some Raw, Chris? Oh, I'm ready. This is, uh, a, this is a show. That's, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it was a show that we'll talk about <laughs> here in just a second. So we'll be right back. WWE Monday Night Raw. All right, Raw was live from Detroit, Michigan, uh, also the site of where Shane McMahon came back as well. 
Uh, and it was a night where, we, you know, they, they they had a pretty boisterous crowd and everything. This crowd was still pretty good. This, this was a crowd that kind of played along with things and uh, all that. So nice to, nice to have crowds that don't just go against the grain and kind of hurt shows at, at times. Uh, but, I mean, guys, like like Chris was talking about, this really felt like a show. There wasn't anything great wrestling-wise. You had the Kevin Owens-Cesaro match that you know is always going to be good. But uh, wrestling-wise, this was not the show to watch if you're you're looking for that. Um, but you did have some interesting things happen on this show, I thought. And then you have your... This almost felt like that uh, show where they had the five-way, where they were trying to tease the five-way, but they didn't do it. This really felt like what they did with the Vince McMahon uh, big announcement thing as well. Uh, basically teasing, 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 that maybe we're getting somebody else, and it doesn't wind up like that. So I think we probably should start with the, the biggest um, thing first, the thing that leaves sort of the sour taste in your mouth at the end, which is, you know, Vince decides to make himself and the McMahon family the main event of the show, uh, which is nothing new for the McMahons. It's kind of what they do. And they go through this whole spiel to having Shane and Stephanie, that same thing they did a long time ago at, was it Payback? or Yeah, the, the, the exact segment from Payback. Yeah, like, the exact segment from Payback. Just to name Shane the commissioner of SmackDown, and then the name Stephanie the commissioner of Raw, um, and then basically he says that they're still going to be GMs as well. So unlike what we had where Vince was sort of the all-seeing eye, and so was you know at first when you first had the draft it was Vince and, and Flair. Then you had other GMs or whatever, and Vince was sort of that all-seeing eye that showed up sometimes or whatever. Now you're having double authority figures, probably on every show going forward, even though Vince sort of made it seem like they're going to be the people that kind of come in, maybe if the GMs get a little bit out of hand or whatever. I mean, like, this just doesn't sound good, does it? Chris? No, I. First of all, them stalling that out to the end. I figured that's what they're doing to that way to get the ratings up. But once that segment happened, I kept thinking that's it. They just announced Shane Stephanie is running both Raw and SmackDown. Like after this whole time of building up the draft, talk about interest. That were that's the announcement. It just fell flat to me. And and plus two, having them as the COs or commissioners or whatever, and then another's GM under them, that's just, it's too much. And I could kind of see it with SmackDown, because I, I don't think Shane would be on TV every week, because he, I don't know how long he's going to be around, but we know on, on Raw, Stephanie will be. So it's just like, again, what is the point of having that many authority figures? Yeah, Gary, I mean, like, not just that, but do you think we'll have sort of them combating each other every week, or... What do you think that means? Because Vince talked about his whole thing is, again, it's about uh, everybody competing and everybody going against each other. He wanted, you know, 
that whole thing. Basically, he wants his kids to be killing each other and stuff. Uh, do you see this where maybe it's just a ploy to have Stephanie have someone she can cut their balls off and have Shane kind of be that guy that makes makes everything cool that the GM doesn't? You know, I, I can I can definitely see that point. I really can, and, and maybe you do have something there because it makes a lot of sense when it comes to being interesting amongst the authority figures. Then again, I kind of look at it also in a different way. I mean, why would Stephanie even need anyone else because she has her husband? She could just say, Triple H, you're technically the... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. GM, why not? And then you've got them back in power on Monday Night Raw like they once were, and it's nothing different, and they rule with an iron fist. And maybe they have people step up to him because Triple H technically can still get in the ring, even though people may not want him to at times. Uh, Shane, on the other hand, I, I, I once again, yes, I could see it. But if he's a cool guy, isn't he going to bring back a guy that people want to see? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a Teddy Long or anybody like that, but I could assume it would be somebody that people would want to see. I just don't imagine him bringing in somebody who is a big heel figure or someone that's going to really – be against him unless they swerve us and somebody we really are excited about becomes a heel. I would type not be surprised if we get some kind of swerve where it's like Vince goes, "Oh yeah, y'all are gonna pick each other's general managers or something." Okay, then, just, then you, yeah, you know. then what you're saying is exactly right. If they do that, yeah, I agree. I just have a hard time believing they are gonna hire somebody that works against them. Vince, yes, that makes sense. I can see them picking. Honestly, it comes like. Uh, Stephanie will pick Triple H, and Shane will probably pick Daniel Bryan or something. Chris, I mean, this is the first time we've actually really heard the name Triple H at all since. Yeah, since when, when she mentioned game, I yeah. I thought he was coming out. The second she mentioned, there's only one game. I was waiting for Motorhead to hit. I, that slap at the end seemed very unnecessary too. <laughs> Just like, oh, we got to have and Shane no sold it too. I love the uh, him giving her a kiss too at the uh, uh, at the end. So it's like she's like, "Oh, come on, hit me!" And he he just gives her kisses. Too. Oh yeah, the I nice love that. brother. Yeah, no, you, you know you're right though. You, you'd think that you know Triple H was going to come out and he would be a part of this, but once again, I, I think he he will be around once this whole thing kind of shakes down and. Basically, she names a GM. I could be wrong. I mean, she—they could name someone completely different. 
I just honestly, I feel like they've been waiting to get Triple H back in the picture when Shane's not in the picture when it comes to Monday Night Raw. I wonder if Triple H shows up at the draft and that's his his. I think at this point he has to. I think another thing too, when Stephanie brought up the whole Mick Foley podcast, Triple H was that random segment of that where Mick Foley asked him about Triple H. He paused, so I thought they were going to go back to that too. It, yeah. it just so much stuff they keep they kept bringing up. I kept happening, just nothing did. And that's why I felt that whole thing fell flat to me. Exactly. It was just it was a very flat segment. This whole show was almost a go home for what is going to be probably the biggest raw in a long time, as far as it's the go home to what's the real show. Not only the pay per view on Sunday, but or that Sunday, but the big draft on SmackDown the next night and all that stuff. So, I mean, this is what this felt like. And to go along with that, too, is the other sort of big segment here was uh, the Rollins report, with uh, which was introduced earlier in the night with Seth Rollins kind of coming into a conversation between Shane and Stephanie. Sort of, they were all speculating as to why Vince McMahon was there. And Rollins is like, well, what about... Uh, if he's coming to see me, and Shane wanted to have uh, Ambrose Asylum, and Rollins like, why don't we just have the Rollins report instead? And so he has some scoops for us. You know, not not the Dave Meltzer scoops. So we have the scoops of of uh, a sliced up Roman Reigns uh, interview with Rollins being the interviewer and. This might have been the best thing on the entire show. I I thought this was great. Rollins was funny. The clips were funny. Reigns looked natural again, even though he was spiced up. He looks he's just so much more natural being the smug guy, being the like I could totally see him telling Ambrose, oh man, that you being champion just oh whatever, you know. <laughs> I it's just <laughs> It makes more sense to come from him that way, right? I mean, just mm-hmm. this is the guy you want to hate. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it is, and that's why we keep crying about it and whining and saying, "Come on, you know, pull the trigger on you know Reigns being healed." But it's not what they want to do. This is all about you know Reigns' redemption, guys. This is you know this is all about Reigns. Uh, did you see anything redeeming in all of that, Chris? Because I didn't. No, um, if anything, they're just feeling the bad reaction he's going to get when once the uh, battleground comes. They're the more of these like segments of them trying to make Rollins say how Reigns shouldn't be in the match. It's going to make more people agree with Rollins. If anything, yeah, this whole this whole time thinking, you know, Rollins is right. Reigns didn't embarrass the company. Da, 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 da. So when he comes out for battleground, I expect a huge amount of booze to him. Yeah, and then that commercial they aired. Doesn't help either. Oh just, God, that commercial was just blatant. Please like me. <sighs> yeah, it's disgusting. It it's is just so dis- bad. Sickens me. And, and you know, I I do feel bad for Reigns in that instance. Looks so like they're doing everything in their power to screw him over because this is and Monkey could see this is not going to help him out. Like, come on, does anyone? How does anyone think this is going to make people like Roman Reigns? I, I don't get it either. You know, this is my biggest thing. And, and you know, Chris, you follow 
entertainment. I mean, you're in, in 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 you're actually in the entertainment business, and you follow films, you follow TV. I'm imagining this new, let's just say, the Star Trek movie comes out, and J.J. Abrams is you know taking pictures of people, and the reviews start coming out, and they start saying this is not such a good movie. Maybe J.J. Abrams was the wrong guy for it, and he makes a commercial for himself and says. Look, guys, I can ignore all the comments and reviews that people say. When I step in front of the cameras, I know the Star Trek, this movie was amazing, no matter what you said. That makes people sick and saying, screw that movie. I'm not going to go watch that. This guy's all about it. It's almost career suicide because, yeah, you're saying that. You're also saying, I'm not going to support anything this guy's ever going to do. Yeah. And now I feel the same way about Reigns. Exactly that. And I feel bad just like you do, Chris. I think a lot of people feel bad for Reigns. But the thing is, is he's not helping himself by putting himself in this. I know they're forcing him to. Do you think it's way, WWE yeah. trying to make it seem like they have forced the the heel turn now? Like, that video with Rollins... It's just a total, like, that's not what a face does. Nothing of what Roman Reigns said in that video is what a face does. Like, so I'm starting to feel like maybe maybe Vince is just saying, you know what? We'll just make it seem like we're the ones that turned him heel. Not the fans, nothing like that. We'll just, we'll just do this subtle, oh, he's already He's gonna be. He's just gonna turn on everyone and, and be bad or whatever. You know, it's, I just feel like they don't want to acknowledge and allow the fans to feel like they had the power to to make him turn. Eh, at this point, whatever gets him a heel is is it's it's fine by me because it's like I've always said. In order to be a strong cop babyface, you have to have a heel run first. This is why Rollins is getting these big babyface reactions because the fans are ready to turn him babyface. I'm sure it would happen once Reigns has a big, strong heel run. The fans will be ready to turn him babyface, and then they can make him the top guy. Like, yeah. there hasn't been a single top guy in history that didn't come off a big heel run. Right. I mean, it's true. Uh, other, other than maybe Foley. And that's a very, like, small, minuscule exception, you know. Because uh, was, there was always some kind of sympathy with him, you know. But even mm-hmm. even Brian, he got popular being in Hell No first, and they were heels, and then the crowd turned them. and Even whatever. Cena. Yeah, Dr. Economics was heel. Yeah. I mean, and he he said more controversial things as a heel than he you know he does now, whatever. So it's just uh, pretty much everybody else. Like you're right, it's that almost all of them are heels first at some point, and then uh, they're turned uh, by the crowd. Maybe Brett, you know, Brett wasn't uh, that guy. Either. I'd say either like Brett or War- Warrior for sure is what is probably the only example I could really think of. It's like yeah. a solid. Never heal, but it's him. very. But this is uh, not the '80s anymore. Yeah, yeah. Post Attitude Era, there. That's pretty much the been the way, you know. And and Vince knows that too, which is what's so weird. It's like John Cena didn't thing, start out being John Cena. The thing about this Roman Reigns redemption thing, I can just think in Vince's mind, 
this worked for Jeff Hardy because anytime Jeff got a wellness, people still loved him. So maybe he's like, no, we could do the Jeff Hardy route with him, but it's not, it doesn't work because Roman Reigns does not have the amount of, I don't want to, fan respect, I'll say, that Jeff Hardy built up over the years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, Jeff just always had that love from the fans regardless. You know, mm-hmm. it, they didn't care about what he did. They just wanted to see him be Jeff Hardy, you know. I think you'd say the same thing today. Uh, no matter how bad the storyline is or what happens, what, what kind of face paint he uses, no matter what, still to this day, people that love the Hardys or especially Jeff Hardy, they'll watch TNA just to see Jeff Hardy, no matter what's going on. And uh, I, I think that's very true. There's not a lot of guys out there at this moment in wrestling that can really pull the fans that hard. I, I guess that's kind of what we were maybe phrasing. Uh, but I'm just saying you're right. Exactly. He can do no wrong. And Roman Reigns definitely is not at that spot where he can do no wrong. Yeah, sure, there are going to be women and children who are going to care about him no matter what. But there's a lot of critics already on his case. This doesn't make it any easier. And plus, you know, just the other superstars on this roster, they can't make the same mistakes Reigns made because I, outside of what John Cena, who else can really do this and really overcome it and be strong? I don't know. I mean, let's get into that promo that Dean Ambrose cuts a really, really good promo here. He is passionate. He was fiery. He was about all about like, hey, you want to do this? Let's do this. And and you're not going to take this belt from me. And I love that. I wish we would got more of that. Yeah, that, that was my thing to take away about this. Dean Ambrose's promo was amazing here. This is the Dean Ambrose I want. More than the goofy, silly, uh, TV exploding his face, Dean Ambrose. I want this Ambrose. This is the Ambrose who should have been cutting promos against Brock Lesnar against, uh, before Mania. This is the Ambrose I thought could have beaten Lesnar. Not the one who was being goofy with Terry Funk and McFoy, having weapons and a chainsaw. No. That, the, one, the Ambrose who cut the promos tonight, that's the champion. That should be the face of the company right there, at least at the, at the moment. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, this was nice to see. This is something I think a lot of people want to see from Ambrose, and it's just a shame we haven't got it until this point. Will it continue after? I don't know. That's the biggest question because I think that they kind of have – I mean, really, honestly, I think they haven't penciled in in that goofy roll, upper mid-card you know, guy. Um, But I I hope the best, and I want him to do well. So I'm going to pretend like this is going to be the future. (laughs) Do you see uh-uh. this title match that they're having next week with Rollins and Ambrose having any kind of ramifications at all, or is it just going to be? Does it even have a finish? I mean, uh, I, I, I say no finish. No, they'll say if there's a title change, it'll happen at Battleground. If also if there's a title change, I figure that'll be the, the catalyst for them splitting the belts or something. Now Rollins does have an incentive to win here because if he wins. At Raw, and then he loses at Battleground, he still gets a rematch. So there is an incentive for Rollins to. I was somebody was arguing with me for some reason that Rollins shouldn't care about this. I was like, yes, he should. He still gets because that match was set before the the first title match, so he still gets a rematch of his own, whether he wins or loses. You know, whether if he loses at Battleground, so this is a big deal. For Rollins, you know, same thing with Ambrose. If he were to lose, 
he still gets a separate rematch because that match was set separately from, uh, you know, an Ambrose uh, title. You know, he was still champion at that point when that match was set. So this is going to be interesting to see if they try to do anything weird uh, because, you know, it's the night before the draft. Would they possibly tease introducing the other title on that Raw or tease that there might be another champion crown for the SmackDown show or whatever? That that's, They have set that, that Raw up to look like it's going to be a big deal. So mm-hmm. I guess kudos to them uh, for that. I'll say, uh, also kudos to them for announcing a main event a week in advance. Oh, That's something yes. they should start doing all the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Gary, nothing gets you more pumped than knowing, hey, next week we're doing this. Yeah. Why do television shows do it? Because it makes people come back. And that's exactly what they need to kind of figure out. That if you want people to be interested in your show, don't just build it up during the show. Make sure that they know what's going on in the future. I mean, I'm being uh, kind of funny here, but it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Way I, I love the show Preacher, and yes, a lot of the stuff comes out during the show. But I love watching the post-show credits because guess what? I kind of get an idea of what's going to happen next. I kind of make my own decisions and conclusions, and then get what's going to happen when it actually comes on. I think that's a good idea. They need to do that more often. Yeah, I, I really hope they do. You know, starting with the—that's what we're gonna do with part of the change. Is we're gonna start making these shows feel bigger and everything. And not though I forgot to talk about this, but Vince McMahon just blasted SmackDown when he was promoting Stephanie getting Raw in that ten seconds. Like, look, we get it that Raw is the flagship. We get it that Raw is the standard bearer, the show that's been around longer, but you don't have to say that. You don't have to make Shane's announcement already feel secondary to Stephanie's announcement. You know? Just... Yeah. Well, you know, the idea behind this is to make SmackDown matter just as much, right? I mean, that's the it's never the plan to, hey, we're going to bring SmackDown to Tuesday nights and put it live, and hey, hey guys, think of this brand as second... No, it's supposed to be equal, right, Chris? I mean, am I wrong on that? No, you're right. And one of the things I like that Shane said when he mentioned a different look, a different camera view, is like, yes, I don't want... I'm, I haven't talked together in a while, but I hate the way they do pay-per-views, except for WrestleMania, where all the sets look like Raw and SmackDown. I want a different... Bring back the SmackDown sets for all I care. I just want it to look 
completely different than Raw, a completely different feel. And if they do that, then SmackDown will be very successful. I hope so, too. What I'm worried about is that, you know, we saw this a little bit with when you had WWE, ECW, and they kind of used SmackDown as that show to bring along the new guys. And maybe it had to do more with it. It made the show feel like the B-show because of having all the newer-ish talent. I'm worried a little bit about, like, you know, Shane going and drafting a bunch of NXT guys and drafting all the guys that the fans like. And they're not the big stars. And you still get that B-show feeling from SmackDown just from the roster. Well, the thing in the past, this is what always made SmackDown fair at the B-Show, is that during the draft, SmackDown would always get raped with big talents. They'd spend like a year building some of it up, and then when they became a star, Raw would just take them to the draft. That's the thing they should avoid. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, this is going to be obviously interesting when we get to next week's Raw, next week's draft, what they do here. Uh, we did get the announcement that Randy Orton will... I mean, you know, as you said, uh, Chris, you and I were talking about it. This could be such a riveting uh, highlight reel with uh, Randy Orton and Jericho at Battleground. I mean, I'm I'm just waiting for that. Jesus, that's going to so, be a comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, no, I, I take that back. The, if they have promos between Brock and Randy during the build, that'll be comedy gold. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Brock's supposed to show up at the draft. Randy Orton's not supposed to show up, I think, until that battle round show. So it'll be interesting if they have Randy Orton kind of cut some kind of uh, video before or something like that. And maybe you have Heyman and Brock respond to it. But we'll see. Hey, did you, you think know, that Brock of... should have been on the show tonight? Nah, I'd, I would have left him off to a draft because I... After the UFC fight, I did think that initially, but they're they're smart to kind of build it up a little bit more than him just showing up. What were you saying before I... Oh, no, I was going to say, with the draft now, what, in theory, Brock and Orton could be drafted at different shows. So it would be interesting to see how they would build it up in that regard. Yeah, because the co-branded shows kind of allows you to where you can have those cross-emotional matches. Hopefully they don't do that a lot because then it's going to kind of mess up the brand split. But as long as I guess as long as they don't show up on the other show or whatever to to do the challenge or whatever it is that they're going to do with that. But I'd imagine for SummerSlam it wouldn't really matter that we're going to see more of the hard split, I guess, after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to give them time to do it. So that's I think that's the big deal here. Um, it would be interesting, though. You know, let's say Randy Orton's on technically on SmackDown and Brock Lesnar is on Raw. It doesn't really matter what brand they're on. I, I think, in fact, when these guys cut promos on each other or they're in the ring face to face, you know, kind of doing their their, their stick. I, I think the best thing about this is the one common theme they're going to have: both former champions, both guys with lots of skins on the wall. And the fact that they can argue over who's going to have the most time off coming up. Like, you know, <laughs> I will have 208 days off. No, I'm going to have 211 days. Vince is going to yeah. give me that much time off. And that's the thing, because both these guys, let's be honest, even when Randy Orton comes back, 
I don't expect him to be crazy heavy on the schedule. I mean, he'll be well, there. Apparently, but... he wants to wrestle for a while now. No, I think he's going to wrestle, so... but it would not surprise me at all if he is very sporadic with his schedule. We know Brock's always going to be month on, gone, month on, two months on, gone. I, I just, Randy Orton, he, I think he's getting a little comfortable at home, to be honest with you. I think he likes the idea of that part-time schedule. You know, speaking of uh, part-timers, I like the, the commentator to address that with Brock in regards to the draft, though, how in reality he should be a first-round draft pick, but he's not around all the time. So I like that they've addressed that issue of, like, people like him or Taker. It wouldn't be smart to draft them right away, but it, it kind of explains why they won't be, like, the first-round draft picks if they, if they don't choose to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was interesting to me. That whole... Match was that was the Febreze and Lucha Dragons match, whatever. Uh, which I did appreciate the pre show little comedy segment that at least they did something with them to sort of make it a reason for them to be having the match. Uh, that they kind it was it was a bit forced all the draft talk they were having, although it sounded very uh, very normal. It it was like the one time JVL wasn't being JVL, and he was sounding like a real person. And they were just talking about, okay, well, this is what would happen if you do a draft, and what it would feel like to be drafted to the other show if you're a tag team partner or or whatever. You know, uh, asking the Miz how he would feel if you know he, Maurice gets drafted to the other show and they don't see each other all the time. You know, and he he had to sort of come up with the line of his people working on it. I mean. Yeah, it's being pigeonholed in there, but they sort of need to talk about it. The problem is that they really needed to have some kind of official thing. I don't care if it's a press conference. That's what the Vince segment should have been. That's what he should have been explaining the rules of the draft. We couldn't. I bet they're going to do that next week on Raw, but it's just like they shouldn't have waited till the go home Raw to do that. That should have been. We should know every single detail. Well, not every single, but almost every single detail by now. But we still don't really know anything. JVL also sort of hinted at the fact, like, when he was mentioning, oh, well, you could come from NXT, or you could come from not even NXT and be drafted. And I was sort of like, wait, so are we sort of saying that NXT people are going to be allowed in this? I I figured that was a plan. I figured somebody would be like, oh, I'm going to draft Finn Balor, I'm going to draft American Alpha or something like that. I always thought that was the idea. Uh, you know, I I think so, too. And here's the thing. I want to go back to Chris's point that they need to have this out. They, I personally believe. Now, you don't have to name the NXT guys. You leave that to the unknown, the secret. I think that they need to have this list come out of, okay, this is our roster. These are all the people that are technically draftable. Now, are they going to separate Maurice and Miz? You would hope not because that makes no sense. She's not actually wrestling anymore. But if they are going to allow managers to be separated, then they need to let that be known. That way we can kind of figure this out. Why even have a mock draft on your website if not everybody knows how it's going to work? Plus, with the NXT brand, I think you say each roster gets three choices from, from NXT, five choices. How many choices they want from the NXT brand? And then people can make up their mock drafts based on that evaluation. I just I don't like this at all, Chris. It just bums me out. I want to be able to mock draft like I would be if I was playing fantasy football or something. Mm-hmm. All right, and Sean brought up too when we were talking earlier is like 
is like Rock available to the, or is he eligible to be drafted? Because you never know when he'll show up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and this is the thing too. Like to your point, I think NXT. I think that's a surprise that they're just gonna lay down that night on the draft. They're gonna just say, "Oh, um, oh, uh, now NXT is eligible or whatever." Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's fine. I think you can use that for uh, a big surprise. I, I forgot it's in Green Bay, I think, which isn't a smarky town per se, but um. You know that that's going to be a a huge. I, I think that's going to be a huge surprise they can throw out there, and maybe maybe the part time thing they can sort of throw out there too. But some of these things you you really need to you should have outlined uh, already in in some kind of official form, not just through the announcers, but in an official form to let people sort of know. We should what's we should have by now on the belt situation too. If tag teams are going to be split, or the tag team right. titles are going to be split too. Uh, so, I mean, let's get into the actual sort of, I guess you could say, meat of this show. Uh, Chris, I mean, how do you feel about Darren Young getting to be made great for the first time uh, oh. by winning this battle world to start the show? I mean, okay, did he win? He didn't do anything to win. If they're going to make Darren Young great again, he should at least eliminate the one of the final two. He just sat there and they eliminated each other. That's a great way to make somebody great again. I know. I did, I did laugh at Backlund lifting him. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Backlund's a strong dude. I mean, he is, man. There's videos of him like doing that whole, like where he holds himself up while he's going down an escalator. Like that's, that's still pretty damn uh, strong for his age. Uh, yeah. It, you know, it, this is weird too, and I, I don't want to get political or whatever. But considering all the stuff that's going on, like I this thought, would've the been, exact this would have been the time to, you know, make Darren Young look a little like he's important, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I I had that same thought too after he won. It's like, well, with everything going on in the media, he is the perfect person to push in a way. Strange timing, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it definitely is, yeah. It's it's interesting. It, it really is. But, you know, I think the bottom line is with Darren Young, it's not only do they want to pay, possibly kind of push him a little bit, get him over in not only comedy, but in maybe a uh, sneaky kind of way. You know how we saw Santino Morello win matches, things like that. Maybe he's not as comedy-filled as Santino, but with the comedy part, plus maybe some of the seriousness, Darren Young can kind of get that little push and maybe see what the fans think. I totally see, I wish that they I wish that they would have had him on TV before this cuz that's where it just feels kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like they should have been on TV a month ago with that on his corner. Oh, great. And this is technically his re-debut, so and just kind of came out of nowhere like, "Oh, hey, about that the living side." That's it like took me a while to to find that out. And no TV entrance. Think about and well, I guess it would give it away. But in my personal opinion, maybe when you start Raw, you have two or three entrances, and maybe Darren Young gets to be one of them with Bob Backlund to make it special, to make it matter. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, to make that debut matter. Right now, it's a cold start, and all of a sudden he's winning. Okay. Yeah, and not only that, too. I think uh, I totally agree with you, Gary. I could totally see him winning by some kind of roll up. On the Miz, 
Like Maurice distracts Miz on accident, and and Darren wins. Well, it, yeah, that you know, you could also have Bob Backlund go and pick up Maurice and over his head, you know, and to totally, you know, get the Miz off kilter, and there yeah, you go, that, that roll off your too. tongue, just uh, exactly. So, if this was the attitude error, Backlund putting Maurice in the chicken wing would have been worth it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have oh, happened man. too. You know it would have, uh, and you would have seen a lot more probably too. So, so you know, speak. I mean, we go from the IC title not looking too great uh, with Darren Young winning the way he did to the U.S. title looking like a I don't know what what this is. Like I thought it was hilarious that Rusev basically took advantage of the fact that uh, Shame that that Sheamus already beaten the crap out of Riders or whatever. He's being a total heel. But, my lord, it makes your challenger look like a piece of crap. I mean, like, Ryder couldn't look like more of a doofus after this than than they made him look here. I, that was, no, I, I agree. It I was, was, um... Okay. No, 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 I was just saying, I thought that was his position at the WWE. I thought that was his official, like, you know, I'm a superstar slash doofus. I thought that was kind of his <laughs> thing, you know? That's uh, that's Mojo. Zach oh Ryder well, the, uh... the high bros get both though. You know, they both. Get, uh... <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. What were you saying? I was going to say I agree with you, Sean. Where it makes sense for Rusev as a character to say, "Oh yeah, I accept the challenge now," but yeah, it makes the title and the challenger look worthless. That he gets pretty much squashed by Sheamus in a sense, and then that's your number one contender to the U.S. title. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Perfect. Perfect booking. That's going to make the title great again. At, at that point, <laughs> yeah, we'll, just make, we'll make everything great again with this <laughs> terrible booking. Uh, I mean, at that point. You should have made it a number, another number one contender spot, and then you have Sheamus just whoop Ryder. And then, yeah, yeah, it's a heel versus heel, but you have Sheamus against Rusev. See, that's because uh, I didn't like. Sheamus just walks away. Like, okay, he just beat the guy that he's going to challenge for the belt. He should be like, I want to stop, fella, or I don't know, something. It just The whole thing just kind of fell flat. Another thing that fell flat to me. Yeah, Gary, like, I mean, it, it almost felt like, uh, did we just have the... League of Nations sort of reunite half-assed or something for one night or something. I was just like, why? It almost seems like Sheamus is doing this as a favor, and then he doesn't even try to cash in on that favor. It's it, They need to point out that it's a favor. If not, my only thought process is he's getting picked on by two guys, and really two guys don't hold the U.S. title. 
So it makes not a lot of sense to me. And unless you're going to do a tag team thing, once again, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, I didn't appreciate it really. I thought Sheamus should have, you know, maybe got back in the ring and attacked Rusev just to say, hey, I'll let you beat him up now. You know, what's like you guys are saying, where's my shot? It's awfully weird for a guy like Sheamus, a guy that kind of views gold as something that's important because that's what they told us in the past that he did. In the past, that's what he cared about. All of a sudden, now he's just completely happy just being a regular superstar with a you know uh, a casting credit for Ninja Turtles. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, we got more stuff with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, which that's always good. Um. It was a little bit contrived how they did this whole thing because, you know, even Michael Cole brought up the whole, why didn't you have Owens get removed on SmackDown then? Uh, I I thought it was still good because you had Zayn come back and woof him or whatever, but, um, you know. Here's my problem with it, and once again, Stephanie was willing to get involved. I Where was Shane? Was he on the toilet? Where was he? Uh, I, that's I, exactly I, what I was thinking. Like, why didn't Shane come out there and tell the referees to, like, hey, leave him alone? Yeah. I made the decision. He could be on commentary. You guys leave him alone. I don't care what my sister said. Get out of here. And then go from there. It just, you know, once again, I, I don't know where Shane was. But Shane gets lost in the back, I think, sometimes. I think he gets stuck in catering or, you know, yeah, I mean, he, he just came back this year. Things are still different. He's still trying to figure out the building, you know. Yeah, true. Yeah. Every time he gets to, even though he was there before, he still you know he got lost in that building again. I, I think we're all wrong on this. I think he's okay getting around. I think he was just playing Pokemon Go and he was busy. <laughs> I'll, I will say that uh, with missing Pokemon Go, that was the one thing that the final deletion was missing. Matt Hardy playing Pokemon Go, trying to beat Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been, a, yeah, just a, the cherry on top of that. <laughs> that would great. Uh, do you guys like the whole, I like that whole hashtag beat up John Cena thing. I think it's funny. I know there's a lot of people complaining about, oh, well, the book club were serious. No, they're not. Look at Kenny Omega and, and Young Bucks right now. They're not, they're nothing uh, serious. I mean, Omega's serious when he's, He's out there wrestling, and, and so is so are the Unbucks. But when they're not in the ring, what are they doing? They're being funny, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't have a problem with with them being funny on this. Um, no, I, I like it, gives, especially gives people like Anderson more character. Because, again, Luke Alice, we've seen on TV before, Anderson's very new to the WWE audience, so it's actually giving him more of a chance to show his personality. So I, I love it, more segments like it. Yeah, I think it definitely helps uh, Anderson. I really, really do. Uh, you know, I, I just think that he is getting to be the fun guy that people are liking. Yeah, sure, he's a heel right now, but he's also kind of a smart aleck. He he makes comments that people are like, ha, 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 about. You know, like the, him talking about him, his hot Asian wife. Things like that. He'll make comments <laughs> like that. People are like, what in the world? Okay. I, I think I, I dig it, and it makes sense. Like, Sean, you're talking about the Bullet Club the way they are now. What do you see in all those promotional videos that people pass on the Internet when they're backstage talking? They're they're super-kicking people. They're making jokes. So what was it after the Ring of Honor pay-per-view? They super-kicked the guy, giving him the check. I mean, it's like, oh, I need my check. Thank you, and they walk off. Things like that. It's funny. It's made to be kind of silly, but funny. 
Yeah, I mean, it helps AJ too, and they all it feels like just some friends mm-hmm. out there, you know, being a being a club or whatever. It's it doesn't feel forced to me. I like a lot of the times WWE's comedy feels very forced, but this is one of those times that it actually sort of works. Um, you know, Titus squashes Heath Slater. I don't know what they're doing with Titus. They're trying, I think. And it just seems like they really don't have a plan for him. It just uh, maybe they're just trying to convince him to resign instead of leaving. But you think you'd give him a title or something, right, Chris? I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I like Titus, but I don't want him as a champion right now. Yeah. I just it, you're right. There is something weird about it, Sean. I don't. I can't really place my finger on it. But the redemption of Titus O'Neil is just so there but in a way it doesn't feel as important as i think it really should i've been behind this guy for a while i really like titus o'neill i think he's a great athlete i think that he could really be at least an upper card mid carter i think that he's a guy that has a lot of ability but at the same time i just don't know it's coming off very well when we're watching him when you know how reason to care about titus yeah it just doesn't translate like what yeah exactly there's no reason to really care about him and it's a shame, too. Like you said, Gary, he's a tremendous upside, and he also is a good spokes, uh, spokesperson for the company as well. So he's the kind of guy you want to be pushing, but there's it's, there's just something lost in translation with him. They're, they're trying to make you care about him when it comes to his kids. But hey, guess what? His kids were only on the, the show, what, once or twice? Outside of that, they're not a part of the show. So you can't tell us about something to get us to care about something that's not in front of our face on a semi-regular basis. So sure. People can make, they tried hard with Rusev. It was just, you always knew Titus wasn't winning. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's exactly all the problem. You just knew that he was just to be, he's just going to be fed to Rusev. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Very true. Uh, and then we have this, I don't know why they gave it, about 12, 13 minutes, but Sasha Banks and Dana Brooke, man, they sent them out there to die a death, and Sasha tried. I don't understand why we have to have Sasha go 12 minutes with somebody that obviously cannot wrestle very well. Just, I mean, there's times where Dana Brooke just looks like she has no idea what she is doing. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. They need to demote her back down to NXT. She was called up way too soon. I mean, I don't like I said last week. I don't mind her being Charlotte's second and being out there cheering for Charlotte and all that stuff. But she doesn't need to wrestle, and especially not twelve minute matches. <laughs> and then on SmackDown, you're gonna do it again. And guess what? They're probably gonna do. They're probably gonna make her wrestle Dana Brooke on Battleground. Yeah, so that yeah, you, don't, that you don't blow the Charlotte unless they do Charlotte Sasha, but they blow it really early and then save the big match for SummerSlam. But like, they're trying to milk this so bad, and uh. oof, it, it is not working out. And I, I, you're maybe right; they will put this off probably at the pay per view, uh, but. 
I, it's just a bummer because once again, what are people going to say? Oh, okay, the women's match, bathroom break, because that's what this is going to be. No matter who is in it, with Dana Brooke involved, we already know it's not going to be that great. And I hate that. I really do because I think that, you know, on down the line, when she has more training, ha- has her feet settled, I think she she has something to offer this company. But at this time, at this moment, uh, you guys have just been right and right and right about it. Too green was brought up way too early. Uh, now I'm starting to question how her and Emma would have worked together. How really would that have worked? I, that's still, what I was always trying to figure out too. Like, what was the original plan for Emma? Because maybe Emma and maybe all three of them would have been a unit. That would have probably made more sense. And Dana could have just been their manager in a sense and just not wrestle 12-minute matches, but just stand in the corner. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I've been talking about this, and I've kind of made it, a, a, I think it was a week or two ago, Chris. I, I said this, uh, if you watch TNA, you see uh, Trey Bomb is actually playing a, basically the, the the manager or something, what do you want to call it? I don't know. She's basically the spokesperson. Instead of actually being in the ring, she's more of a spokesperson, even though everybody knows she can get in the ring and take care of business. I think maybe Dana Brooke needs to go to that role and just say, hey, you can wrestle on superstars, but on this episode of Raw, sorry, you were just a mouthpiece. I know, I know Charlotte doesn't need it, but guess what? She had Rick with her, and Rick at times would talk. So just give Dana Brooke that opportunity. Just have her kind of go on there and just brag on Charlotte. Charlotte can talk 50-50 with her. I don't care, but just give her a different role until she is ready to do this. Exactly, yeah. Well, what they could have done is they could have just had Sasha against, like, Naomi or somebody had Charlotte and Dana on commentary instead of this. And that could have could have gone 12 minutes and not died a death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm concerned, man, because we, we were talking so many great things about the women's division. Now we're just kind of it's, – it's, it is nowhere now almost. It's like we're back to square one in a sense. Uh-huh. It was, it was better talent. We're back at square one with better talent. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, we'll have to again. This is something where you know we've heard about. They might be bringing up you know Alexa Bliss or Nijax or whatever from NXT to let's fill this back up with some better wrestlers. Let's let's see if that happens. I want to ask Chris. Oh, that we, question. we also got Nikki Bella on the way back too. Don't oh. forget about that. Hey, but she's oh. she is. Uh, a goddess compared to Dana Brooke in the ring. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Queen of strong style. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, get, I want to ask Chris a question before we move on. And I, I get to ask you, man. We've been, you know, on every time we cover NXT, we kind of talk about this NXT women's division. Who do you think really is ready right now at this moment? I, know we, I think you would say Bailey, but outside of Bailey, who do you think? Honestly, just, just Bailey. I wouldn't take away Asuka yet because if you take away her, you know the whole thing kind of crumbles because she's obviously they're going to be the new face of it, the vision there. Um, yeah, just Bailey, Alexa Bliss maybe, but yeah, Bailey would be my only pick. Or if you really want to go with it, even Marie, just just for the hell of it. Yeah. See, Eva. I well, don't Eva's know. already on the main <laughs> roster, so. 
Is, is she? I mean, yeah, it feels like sometimes she is and sometimes she's back she's in She's doing house time. shows and stuff with them. I mean, it's just, I think they just have her go up and down wherever so she can just get the most work, but I think she's main monster. Now, like, Lana okay. will go down to NXT because they really don't want people to know that she's wrestling, that she's learning how to wrestle right now, but mm-hmm. that's a different story, I think. Uh, it's weird they just haven't even talked about Eva Marie at all, but... yeah. I guess her name, I just like Pages, will come back up in the draft. I won't. I wouldn't bring up uh, Nia Jax. Yeah, I still think that's way too soon. Yeah, I agree. I was, you know, on board with that for just like uh, thirty seconds, and then I started really thinking about it. I'm completely wrong. I just, I think that there's potential there. Uh, but uh, well, uh, let me ask you this: what would you, what would you do with like, like a Nia Jax or Alexa Bliss? Because I can already see Bailey's call up. Say Sasha wins at SummerSlam. The next night, Raw is in Brooklyn, if they're both drafted to Raw. You have Bailey come up there and like, oh, hey, last year in the same building, I beat you for the NXT title. And then you just kind of build off from there. But with Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax, how do you, how do you, how would you incorporate them up to the main Well, Nia Jax, I think you can just kind of, she's big. She's, she's basically the, you know, what they didn't have with, what they didn't get with Awesome Kong. So you just introduce her and she's supposed to, Get the would you, audience. Do you line her with anybody, or? I mean, you could. I mean, that's who Charlotte should have as, as a. Yeah, that's that would person. make sense. Like, if she gets like a big, a big heavy for her second. Yeah, I mean, it, that's who Charlotte should have had if you're going to do that because you could have had uh, Charlotte. I mean, you could have had Nia Jax learning with some of the other divas on the house shows and stuff, and you don't have her wrestle until she's, until you feel comfortable. But mm-hmm. well, yeah, like if that, in that scenario, what uh, Dana debut, debuted as uh, Charlotte's partner during her match with Natalia. Imagine if it was Nia Jax, two months in Natalia, and she'd be ready to go. Yeah, exactly. And then not that I mean Nia's not terrible. She's just she's still got some kinks to work out or whatever. But she's she can learn the menacing part and be there and and just being that figure that she is. She can you know scare people. And now Alexa Bliss is different because she's small, and she just had to be. I don't know what to do. This is where you have to you have to see what they're going to do with the women's title. If they have a tournament for another title, if they introduce a women's tag title or something. Oh oh oh! O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. And maybe you bring an Alexa Bliss there. Or I don't know what they're going to do with that, but I mean, they could always just bring her as a a new, like, oh, we're going to start the women's revolution again and we're bringing in more recruits or, or whatever they want to do. Uh, all I'll say is she's a great heel. Uh, she wrestles aggressive, and I love the fact that, you know, sometimes I forget that she is not very tall at all because she sometimes wrestles bigger than I think she really is. Um, I just, when I've seen her and as the last two months at least for sure, I just think that the work shows that she's able to get in there, mix it up, and really just take care of business no matter who it is in the ring with her. 
I think it makes a lot of sense for her to be able to come up and face off against what they have right now on this roster. I don't imagine the work rate changes or anything if Bliss versus Paige or, you know, Bliss versus Becky Lynch. I don't think her height is going to be a problem. I think that she's aggressive, and I think she'll be fine. So the last thing that we have not talked about is WWE's attempt at uh, doing a final deletion, which wound up not even being that at all, other than a similar setting, similar camera work. And, you know, having a reason for one team to go to the other team's place is wound up just being a big-ass brawl. And I I was just glad I didn't have a seizure because uh, there was so much (laughs) flickering stuff going on. Too too many jump cuts. Yeah, way too many jump cuts. Uh, I think they were trying to scare the audience watching instead of... Uh, scaring the New Day, and I don't understand why the New Day weren't laid out in this. Like, I, the Wyatt I thought that they'd be abducting the Xavier. I thought that it'd end with like them taking Xavier off to an unknown area or something like that. But no, they just had the standoff. The fireflies flickered, and then it just cut off. I was like, I didn't. I really didn't understand what I would. What I just watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that it just exactly felt like. My thing was, what was the point, really? At the end of the day, what was the point? Just to have a segment that was similar to the final deletion, to have a segment that brought us finally to the Wyatt Compound. Once again, though, you don't really know what the Wyatt Compound's about still. Because we're introduced to it, right? They didn't walk past any certain place. Yeah, we just saw a truck and a field. Mm -hmm. And that was it. So, I mean, are also, these guys homeless? They were trying to kill the New Day, too. Bray had an axe, and he swung it at Xavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, I mean, Matt great. Hardy was trying to kill his brother. So, In in a weird way that I don't understand how I'm going to say this, that made more sense than this. It did. Yes. No, it, it, it had, but you know why? Because you got to see more. They were hiding a ton of stuff on this. All those jump cuts... You know, usually when movies do that, when you see it in horror films, they're hiding things that they can't do, they can't produce, or they want to leave it to your own imagination what happened. But that I think that's what it is. They were trying to leave it more to your imagination because they got a they were a PG product and they have certain things they can't do. It was more about oh god, so why it's being scary? Think about what they could be doing and. And all this stuff, and it's like, oh, man, if only this was, like, during the Ruthless Aggression era where y'all went all out on stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Like, my God, what they what they could have done. Oh, man, they're make, making people squeal like a pig or something. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, make God, the- they... <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, a missed opportunity here. Definitely, and, and it is kind of sad. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, maybe they kind of come back with something that's different than this and make us happy maybe next Raw. Maybe next week on Raw they'll find a way that the Y family shows up in the New Day's place. Where's the New Day go? I don't know. Chuck E. Cheese? I don't know. Where, where's a happy, Gosh, positive got, place? Yeah, they gotta go to like a place that has rainbows and unicorns and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And the, another thing too that the segment just didn't really succeed in, it's like do we really want to see a pay-per-view match between these teams after this now? Now that we saw that? I did, 
before, just with the promos. But it's like a match between them would need to take place somewhere that's not a ring. Just to make it seem special. But now you kind of took that away by doing that. When you could and then have we're just going to get a regular match now. It's like we're doing yeah. that now. We're going to build to a regular match. Huh? It's well, like you could, you could have had a match where they're outside. Well, can if do you a wanted to really role? do Final Deletion, you could have had the damn Final Deletion match. You could have had a ring in the damn field and mm. have them have a match out there. Well, maybe it's a holdoff. Maybe they're doing a parking lot brawl at you know Battleground or something. I don't know. Maybe they could do that. I would love to see that, by the way. I think it'd be really cool. I, I do, know? too. But I'm just saying, like, they missed an opportunity to have them actually at Battleground. You have them have a match outside with the ring there. And, you know, you can have them do crazy stuff or whatever. It's just like, man, just, mm. ugh. It would be crazy. I mean, you're right. I don't know. It is kind of a shame. It really is. I'm just, I'm sorry. Now I'm sold. I'm going to email them tomorrow and say, hey, parking lot brawl for this whole thing of Battleground because I, could you imagine Goldust driving by in a white Suburban? Oh, God. Uh, things like that. Just like, hey, guys, you know. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, but that's, oh. that's raw. I mean, uh. What would you rate it out of ten? If... I'd give it a five out of ten. That's where I was at. Nothing really happened of consequence. It was all a build-up for next week's show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think I have to agree with you guys totally on that. Um, so, I mean, uh, five out of ten, it, maybe to some people would be a surprise, Maybe to some people not. I don't know. But I think it's right where it deserves, if you ask me personally. So, all right, guys. Well, that is Monday Night Raw. Uh, We are going to jump into some news topics here. All the wrestling news that came out this past week, we are going to try to jump into the biggest things and talk about it. So we'll be right back with some quick hits, guys. It's time for Wrestling News. Quick Hits. Alrighty, let's get into this thing. Let's start out with talking Brock Lesnar. Now, we all know, we just talked about it a minute ago, about Brock Lesnar being the guy to face off against Randy Orton at SummerSlam. But what we did find out this weekend is he was a victor in his first match back at UFC 200 in a long time. It's been a while since he's been in that octagon, but he came back. He was very successful and a dominating performance against Mart Hunt. I thought that was great uh, to see, you know, at least because of the fact that, you know, it got WWE some, you know, smiles at least. Uh, I was kind of concerned going in because we all knew there could be some consequences uh, or maybe not, but it would just not have looked so great with Lesnar losing. So with him being so dominant, this definitely helps SummerSlam. It helps the WWE. Uh, but I just want to know what you guys thought about it. What did you What did you think about this big match in the octagon for Brock Lesnar? Well, I, uh, I I love that he won. Again, it's a huge, huge win for WWE. Um, I was going into it. I did think he was going to lose because I've seen videos of Mark Hunt, but Lesnar is one hell of an athlete, and he 
he got the decision, which is good, good for WWE and good for SummerSlam. The only thing I was expecting, I was kind of hoping that they at least show Orton in the or have Orton and his wife in the crowd so they could like pan over to him like, and that's Randy Orton who will face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam in August. But at least we got a video package, so I think that works too. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest video package or whatever, but uh, they got one. Uh, Mike Goldberg had to announce that Orton was facing Lesnar and everything. Um, I I laughed at Mike Goldberg saying the words, the Viper, Randy Orton. I was like, that's funny. (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, I wouldn't call the fight dominating or anything. Uh, he, He kind of was able to get... Mark Hunt down a bunch of times, and then almost seemed times like Mark Hunt was just kind of like laying there. I don't know. I mean, he was he was punching Brock back, but Brock was punching him a hell of a lot more. Um, well, Brock was Brock was smart to because you know once Mark Hunt gets that right hand on you, it's pretty much something I've seen in the videos. It's done. So he was very smart to kind of get. He wasn't trying to get too close to him. So I like I did appreciate Brock doing that. Yeah, he kind of just put his weight on him. It was like, okay, you're gonna have to try to get me off you. And Mark Hunt was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing this." Uh, I mean, this is uh, this is good for Brock. This is great for WWE, um, you know, because they were obviously promoting it the next night on Raw, even though they did not promote this at all on TV and, until then. Do you think that Brock fights again? What do you think, Chris? I mean, I think it's definitely a, a situation where the WWE's going to have to deal with. I think he should, but do you think Vince McMahon will take the risk of him wrestling again or fighting again? I, you know what? If I don't think it hurts him at all. I think if he keeps winning and he loses, even if it's by knockout or whatever, say he wins like three or four and then he loses, uh, whether he gets the title or not, he still came back and proved that he's still damn good. I mean... Everybody's going to lose. No, I, I agree. So this, but, if anything, yeah. this is the if he fights like the next like five times, and he loses all those five times. It'd still be okay. He had to win against Mark Hunt, and that's when it mattered. So I mean, it's good that he won that one. But I'm saying I, if, if it's worth the gamble of say he he fights and then like a month later he has to wrestle at SummerSlam, like because you know he could still potentially always get seriously hurt doing it. I, I if agree anything, with you. They should have him fight, but not have his next appearance till like later, not like a month after. Right. I think SummerSlam was just one of those like it's such a big pay per view they had to, um, and they probably had confidence that he would beat Mark Hunt without much problems, or at least that's the way Vince was uh, made it made to look like he would. Uh, I think uh, from now after Mark Hunt, you've got some serious challengers now. You have to worry about that. And I think uh, I, I think Vince has to look at it from a money perspective. Like the money is too too bad to pass it because WWE gets money out of this, right? So mm-hmm. like that's too hard to say no to for a guy that you don't use that often. Let him go do what he wants to do. It makes him happier. And if he loses, he loses. And then Brock himself can decide, okay, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Or, you know, it's funny. You mentioned what Vince would have thought of Mark Hunt. It brings me back to the uh, the story I've heard where Vince met uh, Frank Shamrock, and he thought he could beat him up without even knowing who he was. So I just picture Vince seeing Mark Hunt and like, hey, the big old Samoan guy, you got this, Brock. He's nothing. I can take him. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's that picture of Brock, you know, uh, f-fiving Rikishi again. It's the, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you gotta love it. No, I, yeah, I, I mean, I see where you guys are coming from. I, I think the you know, Brock Lesnar is gonna want to get in the octagon again, and I think he's gonna basically let he it be looks known. So happy mm-hmm. during that post match, everything just you know. Yeah. Well, you heard him say it himself. I'm so happy. I yeah. mean, Sable just doesn't look like she ages at all. Yeah. But even though she's yeah. always kind of looked older to me, I've always thought she kind of had to. But not that she's, you know, ugly or anything. I'm just saying just looked older, like a right. very mature. Right. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. There's not any time difference in, in, when it comes to picture maybe back in the 90s and now. Wow. still Even when she, she – like from when she came back in 2003 – like she doesn't look mm-hmm. any different. It's just like yeah. wow, you know. Totally. Uh, you know, when we're talking about you know Brock Lesnar, though, we got to talk about the fact that you know the UFC needed him a little bit, but that also meant that they had some other big news coming up. Uh, on the same day that UFC 200 went down, they also had a change in ownership, and that was the fact that the Taylor brothers sold it and they got four billion dollars out of it. Now, that is a big chunk of change. Uh, but, you know, saying that, that's a good deal for UFC. But WWE coming out of this, it looks like that maybe you could evaluate them at maybe $3.4 billion. What do you guys think about that number? Do you think that's fair for the WWE if they were going to be sold? That the, that the WWE's worth $3.4 billion? Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of the valuation after the kind of the sale of UFC. Hmm. I'd say that's about a fair number. I mean, it, you got to think about all the revenue streams that they have. Uh, you know, that seems about fair. Uh, I I think before the sale, they were saying that they weren't even close. I think at the most was like WWE's two billion. But I think it's the whole like that live stuff. You know, everybody watches. You watch Raw live. You watch the. I think they get like ninety percent of their viewers is Raw live. So. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing is their shows, even though they're TV shows, are still seen as sort of comparable to sporting events. And so that built, that bulks up their price. And then they also have the live events and, and they have all the TV and everything. So uh, all the revenue streams from other countries, they're a global brand, just like UFC. So uh, to me, I think this is a uh, – that works. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. How much – did they say TNA was worth? Oh boy! <laughs> uh, what? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> ten dollars. Nine ninety nine. Just purchase of nine ninety nine. You're good. Uh, that's a good question, Chris. And you bring us to our next point. Uh, there have been rumors still circulating that it is getting closer and closer to TNA being sold. That's right. It hasn't gone away, guys. Uh, Airlux has been a company that has been circling those wagons for quite a while now, but we've also got another unknown suitor to buy the company. I'm really curious what you guys think about this because we've heard this before over and over again, but as we see, the, uh, the TNA keeps signing their stars and they're signing to exclusive deals on purpose. They're doing this so that they can keep them a part of their company as assets to sell with the company. Uh, I even, you know, kind of think that a guy like Moose, who's still in the free agent market, could be a guy that they could go pick up and add to that assets to make it more valuable at the end of the day. 
what do you think, Chris? What do you think is going to go down here? And you know, what do you think about these exclusive contracts? I I just want to know who's paying these contracts. Is it like a? I mean, we've heard stories about the wrestlers not getting their their pay on time. How can they afford to pay these guys? Like Davey this, Richards cut this interview where he's like, "Oh, I make six figures." Like, how in the world do you make six figures in TNA? I, just really I have curious to imagine this is like the NFL where they give them some kind of guaranteed money and they go, oh, all your pay is back. Uh, they get a downside, obviously, but like all their pay is backloaded. So if they get to like year whatever it is, then they finally get that money when TNA thinks that they'll be somewhere. Like I can't believe they get it all up front because like I don't know what they're they're paying the, the contracts. Like, you know. I'd say Billy Corgan doesn't have that much money. I mean, I think that the talent contracts are not the problem. It's just like apparently when they have to make the big payment for the taping the shows because it all comes in one big lump sum instead of like by the week or by the two weeks or however it is that the wrestlers get paid, that's such a big amount at one time that they don't have that much. So, you know, it becomes a bigger deal. Because, I mean, at least this time we haven't heard about the wrestlers not getting paid or, or the production people not getting paid or whatever. But this is uh, still, it's so weird with TNA. Eventually they're going to get sold. But uh, can, this, can we just convince is, Vince McMahon to just buy it already at this point? I mean, come on. Well, you could add so Dixie's much to the not, network. Again. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Dixie, like, freaking sell them the tape library. You know, at least of uh, before it was called Impact Wrestling or whatever. Um, and then, you know, you do what you want with the rest of the company because I can't see Dixie selling it where she knows she's not going to be on TV anymore. Yeah. Uh, that's the biggest problem. And I hey, think Dixie company, could be uh, Stephanie's choice for a general manager. There you go. Oh, can you imagine <laughs> that? Man, with the jaws dropped. <laughs> And not only that, but, you know, about 75% of the WB audience go, who is this? Who is yeah, this? They go, uh, it'll be the equivalent of uh, Eric Bischoff and Vince hugging Dixie and Stephanie. <laughs> hey, also on the draft or Yeah, the Wendy announced the GS. There you go. History can play out again. Oh, boy. Uh, could you imagine Vince backstage with Dixie Carter? He's like, so how would you think about them grapefruits, you know? No, uh, I, I could just imagine Vince just asking her a question and her being like, what? <laughs> that happens? Okay. <laughs> this is how you run a show? Oh, this is odd. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. You know, once again, we'll follow this TNA news. A, a lot of this is speculation. Once again, we've been talking about this for a long time. Let's switch gears, though. Let's switch gears to something I think we're all excited about, and it's something that's pretty big. Let's talk about the fact that the Battle of Los Angeles, that's right, PWG's big show, is coming, and it's coming soon. And we have the full lineup for you guys. We've got a lot of big names on this list, about 24 of them. Sean, do we want to name them all or just... (laughs) So, uh, you know, did we skip on Moose? We talked about Moose. You can go back into Moose if you want to talk about him. Uh, I I kind of... I put him like, all in. You know, the thing with Moose is, I mean, take the money, dude. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how long TNA is going to be around if we keep giving you money. But, you know, I, I can you, understand him doing that. 
I would too, but Chris, I mean, would you take the money or would you say, man, maybe I should just go back to Ring of Honor and just do what I was doing? I mean, at this point, I would you know, just take the money and then maybe somebody from somewhere else would see him like, oh, let's sign him now. It's a, it's a better chance to get him to get more notice, I feel. So yes, I was not take it, but I won't be expecting my, my career to start over there, though. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think that's the thing. I think this is all about money with Moose. Um, if he's going to make that decision to go to TNA, if not, I mean, maybe he just you know prefers Ring of Honor. But I, I think we'll hear something in the near future. I don't think he's going to be out too long. All right. Well, let's let's get into Battle of Los Angeles, and uh, you know we can kind of talk about some of these guys. We've got a lot of guys on here that you know we've talked about in the past. Of course, Cody Rhodes is a part of this Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, well, the last four that we haven't talked about is uh, Pentagon Jr., Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay, and Jushin Thunder Liger being announced for this, Gary. Yes. Uh, those are the four that we have not covered on the show. But, I mean, this lineup of... For Bola is ridiculous. I mean, this is insane. The amount of people that you have from various companies. You've got at least four Lucha Underground uh, contracted wrestlers. You've got, you know, several ROH guys in here. The big indie guys and Chris Heroes and and uh, Tommy and you know all the European guys. I mean, this this could wind up being. Just as big if, I mean, it's not set up the same way as the G1, but my God, the matches on this could be amazing. No, yeah, these are, this is a stack lineup. I cannot wait for, for Bola to really commence. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I mean, I think like, you know, we've kind of mentioned this several times on the show, but just these names alone make it exciting. Uh, I think the matches would be great. I think it's just something that you know people will have to check out because there's too many good stars on this show not to. So I think it's good that we got the final you know roster set. People know what's going on, and we'll go from here. Um, yeah, but I'm excited. Start in September. September. When they'll yeah, be taped. The second. September second, yeah. I believe. September second to the fourth, and then we probably won't get the actual like to where we can see it on DVD. Uh, or digital until about maybe a little bit before Thanksgiving or something like that. Oh, it's way too long. That's uh. the way PWG works. Hopefully at some point they'll have earn enough where they can get out of this model, but they're basically using the old RH model where they just make a lot of money off DVDs. Mm-hmm. Where's the bootleggers? Let's call them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, spend your money well, and that's PWG to be spent very well. Uh, let's jump into something else that's kind of interesting and very cool when it comes to people who actually subscribe to the WB network. And that is the fact that they had a fan survey come out and asked people which shows they would watch. And they put a lot of shows out here and they're really curious if you would watch them, if they were actually put them on the network. So we're going to start with a few. I'm just going to kind of mention a few and we'll kind of talk about them. One of the shows is Ask Me Anything Live. And this is live superstars answering Q&A questions. I'm sure they'll use Twitter. I'm sure they'll use uh, all sorts of things to get people asking questions Why don't they live. do this right now? Like, you know, this would be a perfect way to introduce rules for the draft. You could have just had this on the network. Like, 20 minutes. Ask me questions about the draft. Like, you know, wouldn't mm-hmm. have been bad. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, and you know, there's other shows on here. Uh, but you know, let's go ahead and get down with the other one. Uh, one of them is actually a, a really cool one. We have Extreme Eats. We have uh, Bubba Ray Dudley. It will be one of the guys along with Tommy Dreamer going around to all their favorite locations that they eat at as they travel the United States. Uh, Chris, I mean, this could be cool. I mean, we've seen eating shows like this on just regular TV, but with WB Superstars, not. I don't think it, I think it has potential. Tommy Dreamer and, and uh, Bubba Ray are the perfect fit for it. It'd be good fun to poke fun of uh, Tommy Dreamer's weight, which is always kind of hilarious. <laughs> so... <laughs> No offense, Tommy, but you know, yeah, definitely. Uh, you definitely see that with the Edging Christian show too. Uh, there's also another show. Uh, Everyone has a price. Now, this is a kind of a cool show. It's a reality TV show based on going around and scouring the country and finding people that have WWE merchandise and pricing it and kind of talking about the value of those items. I guess, Sean, this could be a cool show if you are a collector. Um, I think you may have a smaller response to that one. Yeah, I could see Harry being a big fan of this. Uh, I'm not really that big a fan of it. Uh, I'm looking at this, and the one that jumps out to me, Legends House, Attitude Era, I think that definitely needs to happen. I don't yes. know who you're putting all under one roof, but that needs to happen immediately. I think the history of WWE thing, I don't even know why you're asking that. That just needs to be something that's on the network, period. Uh, yeah. You know. What about uh, 50 states, 50 dates? I mean, this is uh, kind of a cool. An, an eligible WWE bachelor is going to go and, you know, check out women in different states. Uh, that <laughs> that could be I could see Dolph Ziggler so doing this. I would have uh, said if Ryback was still around, this could be the perfect thing for Ryback. Uh, His Tinder account got exposed for a little bit too. So I mean, it's uh, already it's already out there. Man, that would be amazing. <laughs> Either one of uh, them would be great. Like I, I think there could be definitely be guys that I think this would be funny with, and you could do it with the, with the women too. I just don't know if, uh, you know, the guy the guys tend to be a little more creepy with the women. So uh, yeah. There's that would be creepy too. There's some shows Did on you here though. Darren Young. Oh boy, <laughs> would WWE do that? That would be interesting. Well, exactly. That would be fun. Kind of that funny could too. be one that you could do. I think after like the first season, like if it does well, I think you could definitely like turn the tables and go. Okay, Darren Young, you go find him. I think he he already mm-hmm. has somebody, but like if if he didn't have a boyfriend or something, like how interesting that would be to just. CWWE accepting that on on their network. Exactly. And talking about this, you know, we're talking about shows that are also not just geared towards men because if you look at it, you know, that show would really be let's be honest, a female demographic would be really big into that yes, show. Exactly. A- another show would be Ms and Miss, which would, of course, you know, Ms and Maurice uh and, and following their lives and everything that they do. Um it another gender-centered show would be Goldberg's Garage for all those musclehead guys who love cars, you know. So have they really talked you know. to Goldberg about this? Like, or are they just throwing stuff out? There? I think they're throwing stuff out. I think Goldberg. Whatever, already done whatever happened to the Steve Blackman? Uh, That's what I wanted. Like, man, Steve Blackman being a valley hunter for real. Like, oh my goodness, I love that. Yeah, they definitely need to go back to that. But maybe, maybe they didn't want to do it because it wasn't Vince's idea. Uh, 
another show that I think is kind of interesting, uh, you know, the third wheel show. Have you guys heard of that one where fans go on a, you know, blind date, you know? So that's going to be kind of curious with a blind date showing up and the superstars there. I don't know how that works out. That's kind of a weird show to me. Uh, the tap out fitness show could be good for people who want to, you know, get fit, learn things, learn tricks. These superstars have, uh, talking SummerSlam, and, and of course this will probably follow other big pay-per-views. Talking, I'm sure Battleground, things like that would happen. It's kind of like a, wa- a Talking Dead after The Walking Dead. I think that's already a given. They should no, probably already do you, that. You don't that think that's unnecessary? This, it doesn't work I, I for think, wrestling. I think it's unnecessary. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. That style wouldn't work for wrestling events. Well, I mean, you're right. I guess if they do strictly the format that Talking Dead does, I agree. But then again, I'm going to say this. You already had the panel during the pre-show. Why don't you just do a post-show and have celebrities show up? Why don't you have a celebrity show up and say, man, I really enjoyed this show or I hated it. It sucked. You know, things like that. That way people get excited. You know, maybe Tom Arnold shows up after, you know, Royal Rumble. You know? Oh, God. I don't know. Uh, uh, they already have all access, you know. Uh, a game night thing wouldn't be too bad. Like, if you let them actually just sit there and be themselves, like, playing... I don't know about watching them play dodgeball and stuff like that, but, like, if they all got around and played, like, Monopoly or something, that would be kind of funny. Um, oh, man. Like, uh, the one that... Ne- the Wives of Flair needs to happen. Yes. Like, the... <laughs> that, that needs to happen. I can't believe that's a real choice. Too. <laughs> uh, the totally NXT thing, I can see that happening without them. Really, they they could make that like a part of breaking ground if they ever bring that back. They don't. It doesn't necessarily have to be its own show. Because you already have. Is that the same thing as the Trish and Lita thing that they they also mentioned? No, that's basically like Total Divas, but on NXT. Uh, okay. The Superstar Search is like Diva Search, but it's renamed Superstar Search because they don't use the word Diva anymore. Mm. Okay. Huh. And, well, and they do need to do the roast of John Cena. Like that, that yeah. should have been a thing a long time ago. But yeah, they, you know. some of these shows are just not really needed. The I, WWE promo battle doesn't be needed. I hope for a roast of Vince McMahon. That's that's the one I'd listen to. Yeah. Go watch. Could he handle I it? I mean, Cena gets roasted all the time by, like, every guy that he ever goes against. So, I mean, I don't know how much what else, what else you would really put in a roast of John Cena. But, yeah, like Vince or Triple H or you just have random, like, guys that have been around for a long time. You do that. I think oh, it would be interesting. H. Oh, could you imagine Triple H and then Bret Hart shows up? Oh, you can't, God. you can't lose my effing boots, you know things like that. You know, <laughs> just have a a grumpy Bret Hart. Show. I know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm a good one, but I, I'm loving, I'm loving Bret's attitude of just doesn't give a crap anymore. It's just, oh. it's it's hilarious to me. It's just funny. He's a grumpy old man. It's a new gimmick. It is. It's it's a fun. He's yeah. He's gotten into that age now where he's the grumpy old man. Exactly. Uh, superstar, you know, Billy Graham's doing it. Now Bret Hart's doing it. So, uh, so do, do you think when, when Vince goes that we'll ever see Bret on TV again after then? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Triple H actually gave him a good reason to be there. He wouldn't have a problem with it. He seems to be able to talk with past talent really well. 
Yeah. I don't know. Pretty interesting. Now, see, like this WWE investigates thing. My problem with that is I'd love to see it if they didn't uh, correct their own history. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need you to tell me the revisionist history of this thing happening. Just, yeah, to me that's an oxymoron. They shouldn't even have that on there on this list. WB Kids is a show I thought they were already doing. I thought it was NXT Kids, and they're just gonna yeah, that's already been the pilot for it too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. WB oh. Viral is a show that I'm curious about though, because do you learn about the venereal diseases of these superstars or? Uh, God. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. That that's should have been the- a show during <laughs> Batista and Punk's days. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Actually, that shows about the internet, but yeah, it seems like it would be something on the other. Yeah, end. them doing uh, like a, <laughs> a uh, Toss 2.0 or something. No, I don't. I, so uh, this Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah, this is going to be amazing, and I am super looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. Uh, I am. I saw. I saw the bracketology they did. It's like it's amazing how they're presenting this. It's like. They're treating it as a legitimate thing, like a legitimate sports event. It's just like, yes, you guys should be doing more of this. And I want God, this imagine if WWE so itself could... was presented that way. Exactly. You, it, if only. If, if only Vince could see how this is. And like, I should do this all the time. Yep. Oh, man. So we're going to talk about that. Let's, let's go ahead and get into this bracketology. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can... Uh, See, I've already messaged Paul. I don't know if he's available, but if not, we're going to get this thing done. Because uh, I know he's on vacation. I don't want to bother him unless he's available. Uh, we are going to get into this. Um, I don't know, Chris, uh, If you have you seen the entire bracket? I haven't seen the entire. I've only watched a couple minutes of the uh, bracketology. But I, I, I'm kind of going through it right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you don't want to, you want to look it up, uh, we'll go ahead and do it. And so, Sean, I'll let you do the honors if you want to kind of break this thing down. And we will kind of run down our predictions. Yeah, so I've got uh, Akira Tozawa, Jack Gallagher, Tajiri. I think Grand Metallic's going to... We have not seen the spoilers, by the way. I know Running Wild Podcast did theirs, and they did them with spoilers. We have not seen the spoilers, I promise. And some of these are also common sense. So, uh... (laughs) Akira Tozawa, Jack Gallagher, Tajiri, Alejandro, uh, I think uh, Grand Metallic, which is uh, Mascara Dorada, uh, Jude Gulak, Zack Saber, Gnome Dar, and I th- I'd have to say Ho Ho Loon will win. Um, I think uh, out of that side of the bracket, which I think that. I think Tajiri is going to wind up coming out of that to go to the final four on in that first part of the bracket. I think, obviously, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to the bottom half of that bracket. Mm-hmm. I got uh, Brian Kendrick, Tony Nese, Kota Ibushi, Cedric Alexander, TJ Perkins, uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, Lince Dorado and Rich Swan as the first rounders. I think in the top half, that's obviously Kota Ibushi. Um, and then the bottom half, that one's a little hard, but I think uh, Johnny Gargano winds up uh, taking that. So my final four would be 
Tajiri, Saber Jr., Ibushi, and uh, whatchamacallit? Um, Gargano? Gargano. And I think you... I'm going to say, unless for some reason we get some info that Ibushi's been signed, I think Gargano pulls the upset on Ibushi because I I can't see why you would have two non-WWE influence guys in the final. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Sabre Jr. will be Tajiri. And then uh, Sabre Jr. wins the whole thing. I think watch out for Brian Kendrick, too. He could possibly pull the upset before then because they told that great story with him. But I think it's very small, the other people that actually have a shot at getting somewhere here. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from on that. Uh, you know, I'll go ahead and just really quickly run down my thoughts on this. Uh, I think I'm big on Gallagher uh, moving on past the first round. To Jerry, of course, is another guy. I think Will uh, Zach Sabre Jr. I also look at Dar as being a guy to move on. On the other side of the bracket, I've got guys like Kendrick and Ibushi moving on. I got my boy Tommaso Ciampa also being a mover on her. Uh, also, Gerada. So those are kind of the ones I think will move through the second round. And, of course, you know, I, I think really what we're going to get down to here is I think eventually we're going to have guys like uh, Kendrick and Ibushi facing off. I think we're going to have Champ and Dorada. I think in the other bracket we're going to have Gallagher face Tajiri. And I'm looking at Zack Sabre Jr. facing off against Dar. Um, and basically rounding this thing out, my finals are going to be Kendrick and oh, Zack Sabre Jr. I think that's what it's going to be for me. And I got I got Zack Sabre Jr. winning this thing. I, I just think it's going to happen. Um, what what are you looking at here, Chris? What do you think is going to happen with this? Uh, I'm actually I'm pulling for Zack Sabre Jr. too. The minute they announced that he was in this, I thought that he's going to take it all the way too. And I thought Kota was signed with WWE, so I figured that would be the final Zack Sabre and Kota Bushi. He's signed to be on in the Cruiserweight Classic. He's still got some things to do in Japan, is what he says. It'll be interesting to see if by the time we get to September, if he signs. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think it all depends on what happens with Nakamura. If Nakamura gets the main roster by the t- before the Cruiserweight Classic is over. And maybe he becomes a big deal, then Ibushi will sign. And then also, what happens with you know Hideo Itami and stuff like that in his mm-hmm. rehab run here? I just, I don't, I I know I'm sure Nakamura, Balor, but he sold him on it. But his whole deal with why he stopped doing New Japan and why he stopped doing DDT was that it was becoming too taxing and whatnot. I cannot imagine that you're going to say that and all of a sudden you're going to go do a WWE schedule. You know, NXT schedule is not that bad if you can get out of not having to do some of the house shows or whatever. But once you get WWE, like, that's all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, in case that he isn't signed, then I'll also say uh, then Zack Sabre and Gargano for my finals. And still Zack Sabre to win. Uh, you know, in my heart of hearts, though, I, I, as much as I think it'd be kind of neat to see Zack Sabre Jr. win, I, I really want Champa to win. It doesn't matter for the company or anybody else. It's just because I'm such a fan. 
<laughs> I know it's a, it's a, that's my fan vote, but you know, looking at it, trying to be intelligent about it, Saber Junior is the guy, um, and it seems like we're it's overwhelming on this. So, uh, you know, it, well, it, I will say this about the the Cruiserweight Classic: it's just fascinating that we're actually getting this sort of thing in WWE. I'm, we would have never gotten something like this ten years ago or five years ago even. It just I'm, this is what the, the stuff that the network should be showing a lot more of them intermingling with all the other wrestling companies out there. Who are you giving all the credit for this to? That's my question because, I mean, a lot of people say, well, Triple H is the guy because the NXT, all this. I mean, who who really do you think is pulling the strings on this? I honestly would give more credit to, like, William Regal. Than, I mean, Triple H obviously has the, the influence of it, but, you know, Regal's the one that's out there scouting all this talent out there. Yeah. Uh, you're completely right on that, and I, I think that it's getting those guys that not only Vince but Triple H trust to kind of give them those, hey, this is a heads up, just to let you know there's lots of talent out here that our audience doesn't see. They hear about, but they don't get a chance to see them easily. Let's give them that opportunity. Let's see if some of these talents are even worth signing. This is our opportunity to kind of do it in a free way without signing a big contract our audience gets an eye on them. They like them. They dislike them. We know who maybe we need to get a contract on pretty quickly, or maybe we can hold off on this guy because, I don't know, the people just didn't seem to get excited about him. And I think social media is going to be a big part of this. I think if people really get on social media and basically promote these guys from their points of view, I think WB is really going to look at that and really take it as, yes, this is a guy that's worth our time. So mm-hmm. I, I think and you know another thing too. This is this is why the Cruiserweight Classic is why I think Brian will be SmackDown GM. Since the Classic takes place on Wednesdays, he can always be that Tuesday push on SmackDown to push it to get more people to watch it. Ooh, I like that idea, Chris. I really do because that that makes just complete sense. Uh, <laughs> if, if you want the fans to watch a show, you've got to get someone they care about to tell them and. Daniel Bryan's obviously that guy, right? So, wow. Uh, I don't, I mean, I can't argue with that. I like that logic. I hope you're right. I really do because I want everybody, the casual fans, everybody to watch this, not just the hardcores, because the hardcores are going to watch it anyway. <laughs> so, come on. You're right. Let's get the casual fans on this. Let's get them to care. I, I'm still shocked. I mean, me and Sean talked about Seth WrestleMania. You know, we were sitting there in our seats, and guys behind us were saying, Who is that guy who just won the Royal Rumble at WrestleMania? And we're like, You don't know who this guy is, really? No, it, it's amazing to think that NXT is really uh, such a niche market. I met a lot of people at WrestleMania, like, Oh, that's some just good NXT takers. Like, no, I don't really watch NXT. I have no idea who so and so is. Or, yeah, and I sat behind people too during the ladder match. Like, who's this, this Sami Zayn guy? It's like, really? Wow. <laughs> I know. But it's the truth. And I'm hoping that changes. I'm hoping not only NXT will eventually catch more eyes, but I'm hoping this Cruiserweight Classic, and they've done a great job of promoting it. I'm going to say that on Raw. They've got to, done a great job in putting it out there and letting people know, hey, this Wednesday, Cla- Cruiserweight Classic, go watch it. So you can't say the WWE hasn't been pushing it. And, you know, they've even had time where Cole and, and you know, those announcers have talked about it as well. So I haven't really had a chance to watch SmackDown. Sean, do they promote it on there too? I haven't watched SmackDown. So I'm, okay. I'll watch SmackDown again when the <laughs> <laughs> when it's I live. I mean, apparently last week's was really good, though. 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is really cool that they're doing it. And like you said, like on Raw, they made a big deal about the NXT show on Wednesday. Then they made a big deal mm-hmm. with the Cruiserweight Classic and announced all the things on that are coming up on the network and stuff and coming up for WWE. So, like, you know, they're they're pushing this, and that's good. And um, I'm glad, and it looks like, you know, Triple H is set on making this a yearly thing. And, you know, they, they've they been talking about doing the women's one, so let's see. I'd be, gonna... I'd be very interested if they did a women's one, get some girls from Shimmer. Heck, you could even get uh, Paige's mom on there, and Sarah DeRay actually wrestled for them for once. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about Del Rey getting in there. That'd be kind of cool, because a lot of the audience has not seen her at all, besides on <laughs> Breaking Ground. So... Yeah, definitely cool. So we'll have to follow this story. Uh, you know, follow what's Cruiserweight Classics going to be. You know, taking place this Wednesday night. It is going to be coming up, and it's going to be exciting. We'll actually get our first taste of it, and I'm I'm thrilled about it. So, and if you've read spoilers, hey, you know that's your deal. We don't read them at least for this show because we want you know to be current. Uh, all right. If you read spoilers, still watch it just so, so you can. I mean, it's one thing to read spoilers, but to actually see the the wrestling—that's what really matters. So. It's because yeah. you guys have read spoilers. Don't don't think you shouldn't watch it. Watch it. Cause it's gonna and be of good. course, some of these first round matches are going to be bad. Some of these guys are nowhere near as good as Zack Saber or Norm Dar. Or like, wait, if people are reporting that Norm Dar's match wasn't that good, look who he's wrestling. I mean, wait until he he gets around somebody that's actually of his level, and it's it's probably going to be pretty damn awesome. Oh, yeah, trust me. When you get close to the semifinals, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Uh, so, all right, guys. Well, hey, we're going to move on. We have one more show to kind of talk about. We're going to talk about some Ring of Honor. So uh, we'll be right back with that next. Alright, uh, Chris, I know you probably didn't get to watch this episode, so did you want to just stick around till the end, or? I'll just stick around, I'll throw my thoughts, and, but yeah, I, I did not see any of this week. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean, again, I want to remind people that if you don't have it on TV, they do have it on that Fight TV app, and it is on demand, so once it hits 8 o'clock Eastern Time, you know, they air it live at 7, and then it goes on demand after that. Uh, I watched it, I think, in the hour, I think uh, the last hour of Raw, I was watching this and Raw at the same time. Uh, this was, and you know, normally uh, Paul covers this, so this is kind of the first time I've actually gotten to watch a, the first time I've actually gotten to watch Ring of Honor, an actual show of it, because the first show that we technically did was that Women of Honor show. Uh, since it's been on Fight TV, so <clears throat> this is interesting. I mean, they had Donovan Jijak against Jason Kincaid, and Jason Kincaid was part of that uh, Top Prospect tournament. And, man, this is the first time I'm seeing Kincaid, and he's he was really damn good here. Uh, he did some uh, some Lucha stuff uh, against Dijak, Even though, you know, he's obviously smaller than Dijak, he... he was able to get around him pretty well. He matched, he matched up with Dijak. And, uh, you know, just, I'm telling you, I mean, he, he did some, some pretty cool stuff here. Uh, Dijak ends up winning with a feast your eyes, but 
just just awesome stuff from from Kincaid. Oh yeah, I, it was really cool. This guy really showcased himself in a great way in this match. And I, I, Sean, I mean, just that series of moves that he did, where it ended up where Dijak ended up getting slammed into that uh, guardrail. Wow, that was a great series of moves. It, it was just, it was a great way to show Kincaid his ability, the things he can do. Uh, and of course, you know, his background story is kind of interesting too. They kind of told it when they were doing. Uh, that whole, uh, I forget what, I'm trying to think of what they call it now, where they have their own little series bringing guys up. I'm trying to think of the name of it now. The top um, prospect thing? Yeah, the top prospect. Thank you so much. Yeah, the top prospect. And that was a great story when they were telling that. Now they kind of told a little bit more during the match. And so I think overall it makes sense for Dijak to win. But, man, Kincaid definitely showcased himself. Uh Anything to, to note here for you, Chris? Or oh, I'm good. <laughs> have, you seen, you, have you seen Kincaid, or do you know? I, I don't know if he's a big indie star before this. I, I'm not familiar. I with actually him. haven't seen Kincaid, but I've heard from other people that I should probably check him out. Do you like okay. uh, Dijak at all? Have you seen any of him? Uh, I've seen a match of his. And it's just kind of yeah. Uh, so we get the. You know, the the tag champions, the Addiction, have to go against the guys that won Tag Wars in Silas Young and Beer City Bruiser. Uh, They won these tag... They won the Tag Wars on uh, house shows leading up to this. Uh, This was actually a pretty fun match. This lasted a while. Uh, I liked the promo at the beginning where uh, Daniel sort of says, Oh, well, now that we're facing real men and we're not facing guys that are... uh, you know, cheaters and, and guys that are are got something against like the Motor City Machine Guns. We know we don't have to worry about anything. And that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silas and, and Beer City Bruiser look at they're having a blast. Uh, I I loved it here. Silas was he's really good. He's, I think people get caught up in his character sometimes, and they don't realize that he's actually. Uh, pretty darn good. Of course, the addiction are who they are. Kazarian was, I think, better in this match than than he has been in a while. And uh, this worked out well. And you get the addiction winning as you'd expect. But still, some good stuff here. Yeah, it took up a, a good amount of time on the show, which it should have because it was good and it was a way to, you know, just get the fans behind something that's you know exciting. It's a big match for not only you know. Silas Young and the Beer City Bruiser, but you know the addiction kind of walk into this knowing that hey, these guys won a tournament to get here. They did their job, and so now it's our our turn. And so I, I like this and uh, the promo. It's it's great because it's not only a heel team, but putting over a heel team in a way. I love it. I, I love that whole thought process. You know, uh, but yeah, I mean it was a good match. I was I was thoroughly entertained. I mean, it really, really was. When did when did we get the title match? Uh, they got. The, you mean when the addiction got their titles? No, when did the Silas and the when did Silas Young get their title match with the addiction? Uh, they they anou- they announced it at some point. And they did it on on this show. So, uh, I don't remember. I think it was back in like June that they won the the tag wars. So, I'm not. Totally sure. Yeah, I can't remember as well. Um, so we had a fish, a little short fish tank of value fish. Uh, ACH kind of 
made it, it because it's, it's an immoral contender match between ACH and Mark Briscoe. Uh, Mark Briscoe was kind of being funny, uh, sort of saying that you know he's he's been here longer than ACH and uh, that that TV title really means a lot to him. Like he really wants to win it. ACH sort of he was kind of angry. He didn't want uh, Briscoe to be beating him. They go on to have a pretty damn good match again. This is the, another uh, entertaining uh, match between two guys that can go. Uh, Mark Briscoe always goes 100% making. The guy's going against them, look like a million bucks, and we know what ACH can do. Uh, I wish they would have got more time, honestly. They only gave him about like 10 minutes, but you still still got some good action, and uh, Mark Briscoe is your number one contender. And honestly, I really want Mark Briscoe to win the title. I mean, I love how he fish and everything, but Mark Briscoe's awesome, and uh, I want to see him win the TV title. I love that Mark Briscoe was the guy too because of that reason, matchup reasons. But ACH is a guy that I'm still sitting here thinking, when are they going to do something really special with this guy? They just don't do it. Me and Paul were discussing this not long ago, and it just does not excite you to see this guy get to a certain point and then a glass ceiling stops him from going anywhere. I, I got to see this guy in more important matches and, and do more important things for me to be like, this guy's a superstar. This guy really matters. It seems like he's just stuck under this glass ceiling. You like uh, AC8, Chris? Oh, uh, I have this huge uh, thing against AC8, but that goes back to him uh, wrestling in Inspire Pro in Austin. So we and him really don't go <laughs> Yeah, personal reasons, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I, I'm glad Mark Briscoe is going to be number one contender. I think he deserves a TV title push, and I think he'll be very entertaining with it as well. Awesome. So that's your ROH for this week. And Gary, I mean, All unless right. we have anything else. No, we are done with the show, guys. Uh, we've you know had a full, compact show full of great things. Uh, once again, I just got to thank you, Chris, for coming on. Uh, this has been amazing. I, I, you know, I'm super excited that you were able to join us tonight. Uh, we are going to fill everybody in on the fact that we have a big show coming up this uh, Thursday night live. If you have a chance to check us out, Spreaker.com is where you can come listen to us live on the air. Go, you know, just type us up, look us in, and of course, when you look it up, it'll say live when we actually are on the air. Uh, and, of course, you can hit us up on the chat bubble if you're actually wanting to listen live. Of course, if you just want to listen on the download Friday morning, it'll be there for you in your device. Just, hey, hook us up on your device. Uh, the easiest way to do that, though, honestly, guys, is if you just want to, just enter in W2M Network, subscribe to that. Not only will you get our show every time it shows up, but you'll get lots of other great shows on the network. Uh, we have not only wrestling, but we also have football. We have video games. We have everything really there for you guys just to sit back and enjoy. Uh, so we want you to go do that. Go do us a favor. Subscribe to that. And, of course, rate and review us. That helps us out a ton. If you want to go to iTunes and do it, it's going to be a big deal for us. Because not only does it just kind of get us an idea of what you like about the show, what you don't, but also it gets eyes on our show. That way people, other people can kind of come check us out. The Facebook group is awesome. We've got over a 1,000 people in there. But, man... We want to grow also in other ways. So just help us out with doing that. Uh, Sean, I know we got some big stuff coming up this week on the W2M Network. Why don't you go ahead and share a few things? Of course, uh, you know, you can follow me at W2M Sean for all the uh, what's going on 
I mean, I, I try to get, keep up with everything that's going on in wrestling, get involved in the Twitter and everything, live tweet during the shows. Gary is at W2Gary. And Chris, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me at the Chris Lynchy on Twitter. If I I sort of occasional live commentary on Raw, mostly on pay per views though. And uh, so what what's going on before I get into what's going on, what's going on with your your podcast you were doing? Uh, I just had to put it in the back of I had I've had so much uh, haven't had too much free time. I've been doing you know, I've been doing too many other projects, but hopefully I'm going to relaunch it back in August or so. So you were involved in a movie, right? That's about to come out. Yes, uh, it's going to hit the film festival circuit probably within the next uh, within September October time. You want to tell All the right. people the name of it? See, it's Navy... called all. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, like maybe if uh, you know they they you never know who's going to those film festivals or if they see it later once it gets out of that. Yeah, it's it's called a uh, all way bent. I'm not sure which film festival it's going to hit. I know it will hit the Dallas Film Festival for sure, but there's talk of it going to Sundance or Tribeca Film Festival. So once those hit, I'll probably get more more details for it later on within the next couple of months. Yeah, we definitely want to hear it. So let us know because uh, we want to promote that. That's awesome. Super excited for you on that. Um, so yeah, go follow definitely Chris on uh, on that program um, on the Twitter and of course you know anywhere else uh, you can find us. Ask us questions. We'll get a hold of Chris for you, or you can find him. Uh, Sean, anything? Uh, I know yeah, we're gonna have a show. we uh, we were doing a Tom is Tom Reese is going to join us uh, to do or join me. Hopefully, Paul will be around. If not, it'll. Tom and I will do just fine. Of course, Gary will chime in there, too. Uh, doing a full G1 Climax 26 preview as that starts on Monday morning. Uh, not this Monday. The next Monday, 7-18, they take a little break. In between that will be the Super J Cup uh, first round. And then you'll start with the G1 proper once you get to the July 22nd. And it'll just start off from there. So, man, it's the, the big times are coming here in July. And then you got... All the stuff that he's doing with the draft and everything. So, I mean, we're, we've got uh, big shows. We're, we're going to do our mock draft, it looks like, on Sunday night. So, at least I'll have a couple days to be out there. And you guys can get our thoughts on what we think is going to happen when that draft comes on Tuesday. Uh, of course, uh, we'll uh, on the football show, we're doing our college football previews. On starting today with Big Ten and the AAC, and then we'll be doing that AFC South on uh, on the Friday morning show. And yeah, just yeah. Uh, oh, wrestling unwrapped as well uh, in that G1 climax theme. We're going back to the G1 climax 23, back when Tetsuya Naito first had an opportunity and and did win uh, the G1. Uh, Patrick Tom. And I will be looking at that show, uh, looking how it went down, and uh, ta- talking about that big win from Naito. And that's mm-hmm. the whole, what seems to be the theme of the, of the 26 version is going to be built around Naito. So perhaps some foreshadowing there when we get to that Oh on boy, my boy Naito doing great things again. Here we go. I love it. I love the death. 
but yeah, guys, uh, th- that's all uh, for what we have for you today. Lots of great stuff coming your way. I mean, everything we mentioned, I'm excited about. And Chris, they're trying to kill us, man. The G1, the Cruiserweight Classic, of course, all the other <laughs> shows. They, uh, we're we're gonna die. Paul's already kind of alluded to that. So, um, I mean, we, is, is yeah. it too much of a good thing? Is that really a, is that really a bad thing? <laughs> no, yeah. it's not bad at all. <laughs> not bad. We just gotta survive, man. Yeah, we gotta wait till we get these... to those uh, single brand of hair views every two weeks. Oh Lord, Ooh, God. Yeah, you know, see what we have to deal with here, Chris. <laughs> so, we're excited. We really are. We're not. We're not complaining too much. It's just a lot of work. Uh, but man, once again, Chris. I mean, it, it is awesome. Uh, just you know, everybody know this is Chris Limschke, the fourth co-host of Wrestling of the Max. It has been an honor to have you on tonight, man. It, it, we are so happy you joined us. We really are. This show I'm wouldn't always have been happy to talk to you guys. Yeah, for sure. So, we well, thanks a lot, man. Uh, well, guys, we are getting out of here. And Chris, do you know the catch? The, you get, you got to fill in for Paul on the, on our catch line. Do you know what his line is? Yes, yes, I do. Yes. Okay, here we go, guys. We're going to do this. So, we want you to always remember: if you're not living life for the max, not living life at all. You know it. Peace. Later.